0: Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
0: Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. (laughs) Extremely online? Extremely clueless? Horny for Bitcoin? Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your hosts, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales.
1: We are back.
0: Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox.
2: Welcome back to Trend Lightly, everybody. I'm Molly McLear, and with me, as always, is my co-host Tiffany Scott Maddox. How you doing,
3: girl? <laughs> Great. You know, you sound a little bit like Lindsay Lohan today. I do. Yeah. You know, when she has that like slight husk and the slight rasp. Oh, I
2: wonder why. I did. I got a really good sleepy last night, so my my voice might be. Yeah, I might just be still asleep. It's really pleasing. I
3: really like it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Tiff, how was your week? I finally got back to my home after being ostracized from it while there was a table saw in the middle of my living room and they were doing the windows. And you know what really is annoying about having your windows done is that all they're doing especially in like an older building, like the one that I live in. It's like, maybe it's Georgian or something. Anyway, because it's like a historic building, the windows have to be historic, they have to be sash windows and all the rest of that kind of shit. So they can't modify them in the look of them, which is great, because they are great. But you spend a week being completely disrupted and then you come back every day and everything looks the same. And it's like, it feels like they're lying to you. About it. Right,
2: right. well there's something satisfying about like being told there's gonna be a change mm-hmm. and seeing sort of in- actual improvements exist, you know. And while they are improved, yeah, no, you're not getting the satisfaction of like, wow. <laughs> yeah.
3: If anything, like it was really grubby. So I've spent the weekend like pottering and I've been like wiping down all of the surfaces that are covered in dust. Done a little bit of a clear out. I quite enjoyed that. I've done some laundry. It's been bliss. It's been really good. And guess what? I've fallen off the wagon. Oh, you were doing dry January. I was, but then I was just like, why am I doing this? This is really stupid. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just I like I tell you what, I it, I actually broke because I was with Hannah, who's my BFF, and she we'd been like working together on her couch because I couldn't work at like at my place and the the working day as it stands ended and then she said oh glass of wine and then without thinking I just said yes I didn't even for a second consider that the answer might be no how do you feel about that I really love having a glass of wine with Hannah like yeah I see that you're never
2: gonna get judgment from Big Molly on that Mm -mm. and you're yeah if you're
3: enjoying a glass of wine with your friend hannah big fucking whoop dude i know you know what i watched some really good shit this week too i watched the menu twice oh what's that about it's it's like a it's a dark comedy horror with ray fines about a restaurant that's kind of a bit like you know that danish restaurant noma that keeps getting voted like best restaurant in the world or whatever and they give you really like weird shit and they make you eat like uh, you know butter with ants in it and all the rest of it i think it's based on noma and interestingly noma this week announced that they were closing in 2024 and it was like yeah it was it was a kind of an interesting bit of parallel behaviors but it's really good ray finds is excellent in it the queen's gambit lady anna taylor joy that everyone seems to love is in it she was great Mm -hmm. it was funny and it was dark and it was a little bit ridiculous and it has great themes around classism and people who take uh, and people who serve and i watched it twice in one week and i love that and then i watched the have you seen the hitchhiking hatchet wielding hitchhiker thing on netflix
2: Oh, you know what? No, but Rosie O'Donnell was talking about it yesterday. <gasps>
3: Your friend Rosie O'Donnell? My friend Rosie O'Donnell was talking about it. Yeah. And she said it was it was very interesting. It is very. In- I'd be so interested to hear what you have to say about it.
2: Okay. Well, I'll, perhaps we'll get into that. It's the internet after all. It is. It is know. the internet. Is it? Is he?
3: So it's a it's an internet thing yeah he was he went viral many many years ago this news clip it was like you know like when we we're in the golden era of viral news clips yes <laughs> i think he might have got auto-tuned at one point and he, he basically is this kind of like very surfer dude kind of guy with a bandana on and oh yeah he i like, know him the smash smash like he like he like saves a woman from some sort of hate crime yes
2: and Mm -hmm. then it didn't turn out that one he was like homeless and then two like
3: uh, yeah I guess he did do something bad huh yeah he he uh he killed a guy okay well but it's really I found it really fascinating and uh, I need you to watch it so I can discuss it with you if possible okay absolutely how long is it Mm hmm I think it's like ninety minutes. It's a it's a good like Netflix one and done. I'm so glad that they're not doing like six episodes about something that could be ninety minutes.
2: I could find some time for that. Hmm. I could find some time. Hmm. Wait, I want to tell the people who are listening. Our episodes go up on Monday on Patreon, so you get them a day early. We are gonna save talking about Andrew kelly and we know this show has just been a show about bad bad boys, bad boys lately. Mm-hmm. and this is it's just we we think it's been a lot and so we're gonna take that story and we're gonna put that on patreon it will be live the day that this episode goes live so if you want the episode early it's in the future up on monday if you want the episode if you want a bonus it's going to be up the day that this episode's available to the public tuesday so well we got your we got your back and that story will be discussed but we're just not going to do it in the main main show
3: i think we just all need a little break from just endless bad times
2: yeah it's like god every single day this week Mm -hmm. some person that i either like know tangentially or uh god i mean i just was talking about andrew callahan last week on this show and saying go watch his documentary by the way i take that back i take that back i'm sorry (laughs) The allegations didn't come out until after, uh, yeah, after it had already been posted to our Patreon. But so don't, don't watch it. But yeah, it's, uh, every single day someone, someone that was like, you know, like in my arena, so to speak, was, was being canceled for like one terrible thing or another. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, it's like, right. It's like me too, all over again right now. Like, yeah. we're just, like, mo- that there's more? hmm mm-hmm. But, of course, there is. Yeah. There's still tons we may never know about. Mm. So, did you watch the Golden Globes? Did you think it was so weird that Brad Pitt Ugh. got all those shout-outs? So weird. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss you my conspiracy. Tell me. Full-blown conspiracy. One, the way that he was mentioned in the three times I saw him anyway mentioned... It almost felt like if you can fit it in, fit it in. Like, and I wondered if agencies were giving Mm. a bonus to people who positively mentioned him (gasps) in their speeches. I believe it. Because there was one actress who said something like, and pardon me, I don't know anyone's names. I'm like so bad at this, but it was an actress who said something like, you know, you can call me Mrs. Pitt or whatever. And then the, woman from Abbott Elementary also said it in a way that like it was funny because it was like there was almost like a a self-aware laugh amongst some of the people up there that I noticed and maybe this is just just me scrutinizing the video you know what I mean but I because I'm like because I know what the problem with Brad Pitt is and we've discussed that in the past but I just felt like there was I felt almost like it was squeezed in and then I realized Is he the new, like, Jack Nicholson or Robert De Niro, where, do you remember, like, every single person on stage would always acknowledge Jack Nicholson? Mm. And I'm like, maybe he's, like, he's been pushed up to that level. Or maybe, like, people were, you know, if you can fit it in. Yeah, preemptive strike. We'll give you a $10,000 bonus or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Something about it
3: didn't sit right with me. No, something was a little funky. You know what else I've noticed about the globes? Like I didn't see them, but I saw clips on TikTok. Happy for Jennifer Coolidge, as always, like the shining star, the brightest light in all of the ocean. But like the 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 dresses are which is for me, the most important part, it wasn't really giving. And I saw somebody on TikTok do an analysis around like recession chic. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) we're entering an era of like, uh, recession chic, like the lack of diamonds on a red carpet and like that going hand in hand with like heroin chic coming back and like, very malnourished bodies being pushed to the forefront of like the beauty standard again. Honestly, it makes me feel really sad. It is really sad. I want like I want it is really abundance. Sad. I think like it's the I don't know. I want I want to feel like we live in a world of like abundance and possibility. Even though I know for a fact that we're on a dying planet and everything's fucked. Like I want I want someone to put on some jewelry. Like I don't mind that it's okay
2: i did notice i mean well they were also always borrowed like it's not like lorraine schwartz herself has like run out of jewelry (laughs) like it's not like oh you know there's no way and i i saw a post about how like all the girls were basically like missing necklaces and there was like three examples that people kept pointing to of like this actress wore a necklace and i was like no, everyone should be wearing a fucking necklace or something similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just uh, it's just an important part of styling a beautiful gown, I think, you know? Or, like, there was a mm-hmm. lot of earrings missing, I felt, as well. And I just, like, was thinking, like, yeah. I mean, I really honestly thought that maybe it was just a bad styling choice, but it... Rachel Zoe it, would it, never. Would never. She would never. She would never. No. But, yeah, it's it's a... It's sort of one of those things where rich people like talk down to us because like again, none of them ever owned that jewelry in the first place. Like they're not struggling mm-hmm. like the rest of the country is. I and mean, did you hear we're in a national egg shortage? Oh, we we had that too. Yeah, we ran out of eggs. Yeah, yeah, we just had that. And yeah, I heard yesterday, I heard somewhere that did you know cashmere is no longer expensive because they overbred. the animals that make cashmere
3: oh the cashmere goat
2: yeah so cashmere is actually somewhat affordable now and i did note i did notice that that like there's been like things that i'm like oh it's cashmere like i'll never be able to afford that and been like oh that's 49 dollars. like when i was growing up something like that would have been like two or three hundred dollars
3: god i love cashmere
2: yeah so we'll be poor but covered in cashmere (laughs) in the near future
3: (laughs) that's okay but i do i do have about six eggs downstairs so i'm doing well you're doing very well we had a thing here with the uh with the eggs and then it was also like this particular butter like the pie like the price spiked for this particular butter and have you ever seen that Have you ever seen that video (laughs) on TikTok where this woman goes, where'd you get your car from, eh? Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. Let me do it for you play by play. It's this, there's a woman filming from her car and another woman comes up to her and goes, where'd you get your car from? And she goes, this car. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, the Mercedes garage down the road. And then she goes, where'd you get your money from? And she goes, I'm a hooker. And it's this woman on TikTok who's a who's a sex worker, and she calls herself a happy hooker. Ah, oh. and people were using the "Where'd you get your money from?" over videos of them buying butter, which felt <laughs> quite nice in a sort of bleak way. Yeah. Wait, what butter is it? It's just Lurpak. I love Lurpak. It's my uh, it's my favorite probably.
2: I'm a Kerry Gold girl. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy my my Carrie Gold. Oh, by the way, shout out to Flo, friend of the show, mm-hmm. who sent me a lovely birthday treat this week, which was a box of her favorite gluten-free waffles. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, it was one of my classic Molly things where someone said something to me pretty plainly. She said, "I want to send you some of my favorite waffles," <laughs> and I kind of like was like, "Oh, it's kind of like a euphemism." Or something, because I was like, "Oh, like I don't know how you mail waffles." You know what I mean? I like, I don't know. Like, I guess I like, just wasn't thinking think correctly. It was
3: like PCP or something?
2: No, I think I just thought like, "Send you waffles" was like a cute expression for like a treat. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. And then the next day, she texted me and said, "So you're early." Two days later. So your waffles are actually on the way right now. They should be coming today. And I was like, wait, you literally sent me waffles? <laughs> I was I was mind blown by it, but they are delicious. And um I did I slathered some Kerrygold Gold on it. So that's why I wanna Aww. mention that. Shout out to Flo. I like yeah. the banana flavor a lot. Um and if I can, you know, go downstairs and get the package later begins with an LA thing, I'll I'll uh, I'll post a link to the
3: waffles in oh, our yes, Flo. it's so hard to find. It's so hard to find a delicious gluten-free treat. I know. I remember once I was like absolutely feral and frothing because I was trying to see if I could send you a box of soup. (laughs) Oh, you're so cute. And I was like, how, how will I make sure that the soup gets there in time? And is there a place in LA that delivers like soup? And then it was like, I could send you cans of soup, but that, that would be like you were a prepper. So I don't know how I feel about that. It's uh, also,
2: that would be a million, one million dollars. Yes. To send a can of soup. <laughs> like <that's>, <laughs> Wait, is it the, is it like blue cheese and broccoli one? Oh, just all kinds of soups. Oh honey, you're so sweet. You don't need to send me soup. <laughs> you're so sweet, su- honey. You're so sweet. I love you. You don't need to do that. <laughs> that's okay. I don't want you worry about worrying about sending me soup. <laughs> but that's incredible. That's incredibly sweet. Very touched by that. Did you, you have, have a good birthday <laughs> without I, the soup? I, I did. it while I went to wrestling. Mm. Doctor Ken Jong from the Mass Singer was there. Freaking no. out in the front row, going no. absolutely wild in the front row, as well as Freddie Prince Jr. Shut the fuck up. He was out, he was at wrestling. Shut up. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, is my favorite, one of my favorite guys. And he's a bad guy, he's a heel. That's <gasps> they really call him. But he's my favorite because I, my name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And I'm better than you. (laughs) That's his. That's his whole thing. And he comes out. He's dressed a little bit like a banker. He always has like a long coat on and a Burberry scarf. And like the Burberry scarf is his thing. The Acclaim came out. The Acclaimed came out, and that's a scissor me, daddy ass. Ah, yes. One of the most thrilling parts of the night was one of the most thrilling parts of the night was when John Moxley came out and he fought Hangman Adam Page. And Hangman is also a bit of a heel. And his bit is like, well, there's a lot of drama with Hangman because that's the guy that CM Punk had a falling out with. You hate CM Punk. Yeah, he didn't show his face, thank God. <laughs> Although I did, I did yell to the guy, the founder of the organization, Tony Khan. I did yell to him, you're ruining your company. <laughs> Which is my way of doing. I dunno the way everyone else sits out there and like boos people and calls them bad bad people or whatever. I'm just like, you're ruining your business, Tony. That's such a Capricorn heckle. I love that. it's literally <laughs> such a Capricorn heckle. And so And no, guys, I didn't it wasn't it didn't ring clear in the stadium. It was not a it wasn't two-pointed. But yeah, like Hangman Adam Page was was wrestling and you know, he's like kind of like, you know, Moxley is like the champion, right? He's like the big guy right now. He, I think he has the, no MJF has the belt, but yeah, he, he did. He, I said, I said to uh, Eric, I was like, dude, I think that, I think that hangman's going to win. And he said, no way. And I was like, no, I was like, he's getting beat up too much up front. And he's like, And then, like, I kept saying, I was being annoying, probably, because I kept being like, he's going to win. You know, like, (laughs) there was no reprieve from me saying that he was going to win. And finally, he goes, you know what? He's like, that would be better for storytelling. And I said, yeah, I know. That's why he's going to (laughs) win. That's the point, is he's going to win. And then he won. And I was so happy for him. So, yeah, wrestling was fun. I got to eat a hot dog. I did get very sick at home later. but. It was worth every minute, baby. Never, never valued something more. Oh, I'm so happy for you. It was an excellent experience for me. 10 out of 10, excellent experience. But yeah, so yeah, I was very starstruck by MJF. Very starstruck. I said like many times, like throughout the night, I was like, I just can't believe I saw him in real life. Like, and the (laughs) idea, I mean, I'm not starstruck by anyone. The idea that like this fucking, Weirdo wrestling dude who, by the way, was discovered on Rosie O'Donnell as a child for, I don't know, some talent he had. So it all comes back to Rosie. Maybe I, should, maybe I should just send Rosie a message about it and say, hey, I saw your boy. Mm-hmm. He's doing great. Mm. But I think she'd appreciate it. I think she would. Wait, should we get into our story?
3: Yeah, let's do that.
2: Enough pissing around. Is that <laughs> something you would say? And is it, is pissing around something you guys would say? Uh, decking around probably. Decking around. Yeah, that sounds right. So let's open up with this. This one, another little conspiracy theory I have. So Ben Affleck. This is from Darren Botelho, who is a NBC 10 Boston reporter. Tweeted Ben Affleck working the drive-through window at Dunkin' Donuts in Medford, Mass. Today. I just spoke with one of his customers who described him as, quote, incredibly funny and quick-witted, handing her order. Photo credit, Lisa McKay. And then there's just this picture that, now I do not believe anyone from, I do not believe anyone from the news took this picture. This has an obvious Instagram filter on it. And it's like, Ben, Ben looks good. And he's just handing her a black ice coffee. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah in a
3: Dunkin' Donuts uniform. I I have to say, this is the happiest I've ever seen Ben Affleck look.
2: In a long time, yeah, in a long time for sure. Maybe ever. A sober Ben Affleck, right, this is the happiest I've seen him look. Now, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Why won't Ben Affleck just admit that he works at Dunkin' Donuts?
3: (laughs) I mean, it's a good question. All of this bullshit about filming a commercial and a multi-million dollar deal is a great cover, but I think we all know the truth.
2: Well, also, just like, even when he was being papped with Dunkin' Donuts all the time, he would always deny. And Duncan even put out a statement saying, Ben Affleck does not work with us. Like, we are not, we're not doing this PR push that people think we are. But it is true that people from Boston are incredibly loyal to Duncan. Mm-hmm. It's like a huge... It was a huge thing out here when we started getting Dunkin's. The first one was in Santa Monica, and I believe there was a line for, like, days. Because Santa Monica has a lot of Massachusetts people in it. But, yeah, I that's where Whitey Bulger was hiding. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think he works at Dunkin' Donuts. And this makes sense. Did he... He did a commercial
3: for them? Yeah, so the, the, the pop shots, I think, are from a commercial that was being filmed.
2: So this was the commercial?
3: Yes. So I got, like... And also J-Lo, maybe J-Lo is also, maybe she isn't in it, but maybe she was just there because he was filming it. But I was thinking, oh, is there like a Super Bowl coming up? Because like, maybe he's like doing like a Dunkin' Super Bowl commercial, but like, no, that's not for, wait, when is the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl is coming up around the corner. Is it? (gasps) Okay. I'm calling it. He's doing a Super Bowl commercial.
2: That sounds right. I bet it's going to be, yeah, I bet it's like, yeah, it's like in two weeks. I heard Rihanna hasn't done (laughs) anything. God bless her. I heard I've heard Rihanna hasn't done any rehearsal <laughs> for her. That's super right. cool.
3: Yeah. Which
2: is like, it's it's great. You know what I mean? Like cause most people would think, like, you know, I just had a baby. I haven't performed live in forever. Like, I've been working on this day in, day out for like, and that's one thing I will say about like a JLo, for example, is that she works her fucking ass off dude mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that like super Bowl halftime show she did with shakira was very like i mean the two of them just that's like a major tag team effort that they were doing and like there's no I there, I, there can't be higher pressure than like doing a super real halftime show that it, everyone's watching it live if there's one fuck up everyone's gonna notice it's all about like running from location to location doing quick changes that like are unbelievable there's no break from them it's just yeah it's uh it's really quite something so most people would think that you know you'd be practicing for this but i kind of i kind of like that rihanna's probably just going to show up i think so you know, <laughs> maybe week of toss toss together some things something's not working just drop it you know i'm i uh i appreciate that from her so
3: yeah. Also, I re- I remember I read a story in the Pop Bitch newsletter a few years ago about um about Rihanna filming a music video and like it, I think it was like due to start shooting at whatever time and then she arrived like many hours late and then she smoked a lot of weed and then she came out and just basically did it in like one take and then just left. I think it's yeah. just her style. Yeah.
2: And you know what? Maybe maybe so much thought. When you're, like, the sexiest human in the entire world, like, maybe you don't need to do more than that. hmm So, God bless. I do wish that, and this might be controversial, I hope Jen's not in the commercial with Ben. Because, yeah. I, I, was, I was just to say, honestly, it was a lot the first time. It was. I like a little discretion. Mm-hmm. I like be- I like a little discreet behavior. This is already so. It's already so wild that they're back together, mm-hmm. and literally
3: married. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But have you ever had Dunkin' Donuts? Uh, maybe yes. Maybe a coffee. Maybe, may yeah, yeah yeah probably. There's one right by where my husband lives. Okay, it's delicious. It's delicious.
2: Next time you go, if you can, if you're al- I don't know. This is, no, you can have pretty much anything, right? <laughs> got to get the hash browns, dude. You got to hit, it's like a little bag of hash browns and they're almost like hash brown nuggets. Oh. And my favorite donut there. I mean, I'm just a simple, I'm just a glazed donut girl, but I will say the chocolate frosted with the little sprinkles is insane. Okay. I love a chocolate donut. And it's Girl Scout cookie week, by the way.
3: Oh, I've never had a Girl Scout
2: cookie. Eh. I loved them growing up. I think, like, their their gluten-free cookie is actually alarmingly good. Okay. And I got that just by accident before I was gluten-free. I was just like, oh, I'm going to try this. It's so crunchy in such a good way. It, it, like, it's all the things that are bad about most gluten-free food in a good way. Ah. So try it. You guys, let us know your Dunkin's order on our IG. Interested in hearing. Okay, wait. So did you see this story about Bob Saget's widow, Kelly Rizzo? Logging on to Twitter for the one-year anniversary of his death and finding out that his account has been
3: unverified. Yeah, and then tweeting at Elon. I do love that Elon, as the owner of Twitter, has essentially become glorified tech support. And he loves it. He loves it. But he does pick and choose what he responds to in a way that's
2: like very... It's very odd to me. On the 9th, she tweeted the one one year anniversary of Bob's, my husband's passing. I saw he's no longer verified. My husband truly loved Twitter. Out of respect for his legacy, can something be done? Thank you kindly. Friends, please help. And then she wrote a follow up just said, and the only reason why I'm addressing this at all is because I know Bob would be very bummed about this. He'd say, hey, if someone goes and sees my page and all the jokes I've tweeted over the years, how will they know it's it's for sure me? And then two days later, she. Wrote, well, at least I tried with two sad face emojis. And then she wrote, but this does start a good conversation that maybe there should be a special type of check for notable figures who were verified who have passed on. Thoughts, Elon Musk? In which case, Bob, please. They do this on fi- every other fucking social media mm-hmm. app has an in memoriam mm-hmm. option. Like Facebook, like, Face, you just tell Facebook someone passed, and like you know, maybe send a no bit or something, and they will make it a memorial page. Yeah, the same thing with IG. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of just a little. I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, this is like just supremely tasteless, honestly. I'm, I'm partially like, what the hell did Bob Saget do to you, Elon? I know, but he really does pick and choose who he responds to in a very interesting way. What do you like? What like what? are some examples. I've just seen like some random crypto bro, like toss out an idea and he's like on it. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) I did not get a response from Elon, but there was an improvement that I specifically asked for that was done. And I'm sure this was not because of me, but I'm like, "What what are the odds? So I tweeted at him and said, you probably deal with this too. Like just years of DMs like a lifetime of DMs, and sometimes I'll go looking for something or a conversation I had, and there's no searchable option. Mm. So you can't just like type in a keyword and every conversation you've had with that keyword and it pops up. And now you can. Oh, that's good. Yes, because I'm like, dude, I don't, rem- I don't even, I'm not even positive I remember this individual that I spoke to, but I, I, there was like a, you know, there was a link in there that I really want to revisit or something. So yeah, that was just, that was a nice little thing. But I'm sorry to
3: Bob Saget's widow and I'm sorry to his memory. Yeah, it seems like extra malicious because I feel like what would have, somebody would have actively had to, in my mind, go in and uncheck the check mark (laughs) to make it go away. Like it seems like like a very intentional act as opposed to just leaving it up and allowing it to. Oh, it absolutely feels pointed.
2: Yeah. Because I haven't seen anyone else I know living or dead have their, that was a fear. I remember at one point, there was a fear that people would lose their check mark once the paid verification system came through. Mm. And I haven't seen anyone lose their check mark. So it's very, very, very odd that that would happen. And something that bummed me out when he passed, just besides, you know, he passed and, you know, Bob Saget's great. I've never heard a bad story about him. I've heard stories of like him being sort of a rapscallion, but like nothing truly, (laughs) truthfully, like very damaging. And when he passed, like, it was that, it was like, you know, in that QAnon mindset, people were like, well, he was a pervert. And it's like, no, he told really dirty jokes at like the peak of him being on a sitcom for literal children. Like, he and uh, Dave Coulier were being, like, crass with, like, the little, like, dummies that, that they would have, like, fill in for Michelle when they were rehearsing because Michelle couldn't, because uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley couldn't be on set. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it was one of those things where, like, just was, like, so, like, overblown. And, like, truthfully, like, I think they just said, like, you know, it, it was on, um the rehearsals were blasted sort of on a TV throughout the backstage and that maybe one of the kids saw it. And I'm like, when I was five years old, if I saw someone do that with a doll, I think they do were doing a crazy dance. <laughs> like, I w- <laughs> would never, like, you know, like, I just, I just don't understand that. And it really bummed me out. So, yeah, put some yeah. respect on his name.
3: To the pure of mind, all things pure. I tell you what this has reminded me of, like, the idea of creating an archive. I got my hard drive out of my first ever MacBook this week. And I I transferred all, well, haven't transferred everything over, but I basically went through the hard drive and looked at all of the like lost pictures and screenshots and God knows what else that was on there. And it was like, it was was actually really, it was sweet. It was very, very sweet. Like finding pictures of me and Billy on Skype from all those years ago was like my heart, (laughs) my little heart. But yeah, I just found a lot of, I've just found a lot of crap. It was like, it was like opening a time capsule. If you have an old laptop sitting around, go through it. Say hello to your younger self. It's really, it's it's kind of nice. I have a couple old
2: hard drives. I'm the type who is not good with any sort of digital organization. And there was like a long time where every like few years I'd just buy a hard drive and upload all the shit on it to, on my computer to it. Mm-hmm. And then literally just like, put it put it somewhere never see it again and then buy a new hard drive next time I did it which is not cost effective and is actually stupid very dumb when you're <laughs> buying big expensive hard drives but i do look forward to the day where i get my shit together and find all of these hard drives and seeing like there's probably pictures of wags on there i don't have mm-hmm. anywhere else i'm locked out of my facebook i think someone tried to hack my facebook and so, and I don't, I don't go on there. I'm, I've been, I've been, that's been like a year that that's happened and I'm okay with it because um, I don't go on there. But now I'm starting to feel like uh, I could crack into some of those private photo albums right now,
3: you know? Oh yeah. There's a lot of pictures of my dead cat on there and I was very pleased to see her. Rip Cat, what was the cat's name? Ivory ivory i'm so sorry honey she was so gorge just all white just the best just the sweetest little baby so many pictures of her also there's like whole albums of like because it was like my first macbook you know there's there's whole albums of just like photo booth pictures of like getting people to come over and like take a picture in photo booth it's it's really sweet there's a lot of (laughs) There's a lot of nudes. (laughs) I didn't realize. Bethany, you gotta be fucking careful,
2: dog. What are you doing? I was like, huh. Okay. Interesting. Are they at least, tell me they're password protected or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be walking around losing nudes. No. That's (laughs) like, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's fine, but also like, come on now. We need to be, we need to practice some, uh, careful so maybe why am i being a fucking detective why am i being a sex crimes detective on you right now i don't care i i but i do i care about my friends and their naked visage and i just don't want that anything bad to happen to them and yeah you guys be careful no one has any nude pictures of me because i don't take them because i don't even like to look at my own naked body so maybe develop a slightly unhealthy relationship with yourself and yeah yeah, shame yourself into never
0: doing it (laughs) are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special and all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
1: This is the story of Harry Dalovich and how he rose from nothing to become New York's king of the egg cream.
0: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So Teff, you have some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah I do yeah sorry about that on behalf of your country uh
3: huh. what the fuck is going on with Prince Harry I mean I started listening to his book Spare this week I found it a little arduous I'm not gonna lie I've got thoughts and feelings very much so but the thing on everyone's lips <laughs> is just how much that book seems to talk about Prince Harry's crown jewels is Is there more than one we're gonna play like the
2: the clip that's been going around that is so surreal i've i'm i'm unclear on whether or not this is a little bit of a comedy edit (laughs) i don't think it is
3: okay i haven't got to this bit in the book yet so i can i can't verify but having listened to a good two hours of the book so far it would not surprise me if it was entirely unedited.
2: Um, we're gonna play the clip. I have, I have new updated thoughts on Prince Harry, actually, compared to the zero thoughts I had previously. Here's the clip from Spare that's going around.
3: My penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized. The last place I wanted to be was Frostnipistan. I'd been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. she urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. My mum used that on her lips, you want me to put that on my todger? It works, Harry. Trust me. I found a tube, and the minute I opened it, the smell transported me through time. I felt as if my mother was right there in the room. Then I took a smidge and applied it down there.
2: Down there. <laughs> oh. Well, that's the end of the episode. No. <laughs> I, okay, so it, I'm
3: going to tell you what I
2: think Todger means. Okay. I mean, I know it means penis, but is it the equivalent to saying like weenie?
3: Yeah, it's a kind of playful, silly term.
2: It sounds very childlike, which is like, I think what makes it so gross to me that he calls it that because it's Mm -hmm. like, just say your cock, dude. (laughs) Yeah just say your dick or something I mean I know maybe if he talks about it so much you it's important to have some variety in your language but Mm -hmm. it's it's yeah it felt a little when I heard it I was like is he saying like my wee wee but
3: (laughs) yeah it's he does mention so there's a bit in the book where he's talking about boarding school and how the, the the uncircumcised and circumcised boys would call their bits, roundheads and cavaliers. A cavalier is someone who rides a horse. Yeah, so I think there was like, uh, there was, it's like a sort of old English, maybe it was during the War of the Roses. This is really putting my like GCSE history knowledge. Maybe it was the roundheads and the cavaliers, but there were two different kinds of soldiers, the roundheads and the cavaliers. And yeah, that's how they were describing their junk and stuff. There's some other like interesting, so there's like, I've got some deeper thoughts about Harry, but I'll save those for a moment. English Civil War. Yeah, there we go. English Civil War. There we go. That's where they come from. But there's a few other revelations in the book that are kind of interesting to me. One that I think has been entirely glossed over is that Harry had 25 confirmed kills in Afghanistan. Well, that's
2: actually old news.
0: Yeah.
2: That came out years ago. Oh, okay. Maybe a decade ago. It's just being it's just being brought up again because he mentioned it in the book. But that's actually something that's been out. He wanted he made a big deal of clarifying that on Colbert because he basically didn't like that he was being accused of boasting
1: mm-hmm.
2: about and he had invited all these veterans to Colbert that night too, which I thought was <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, Tiff i've i've you know i'm pro megan i've been I, I watched the oprah interview i was horrified for them like uh i their situation was bad and i know harry's such whole life has been sort of like marked by a lot of trauma and
3: upset i know mm-hmm. that
2: mm-hmm. i think i understand now why people don't like him
3: yeah it's it it, it is challenging it's a challenging thing because I think my takeaway is pretty is pretty much the same. Like I have a huge amount of admiration and respect for what he's done, which is like trying to break sort of generational trauma. I think that like he's done a really good job at, of re-educating and relearning and actively being or trying to be anti-racist. I think that like he is a very, traumatized young man who was in a family that like doesn't deal with any kind of emotion or dealing with trauma in any sort of way who has managed to have therapy probably the first person in that whole bloodline to have ever seen a therapist i think there's a little bit of of weird sort of there's some cultural stuff here that is there's a little bit of is it nuance but there is a particular kind of British sensibility around, like, you know, the stiff upper lip. And that's mm-hmm. always the thing that you go like, oh yeah, stiff upper lip. But like the idea of suffering as a virtue is so deeply ingrained in our culture that mm-hmm. it is like so difficult to to unpick that. Like for example, I was in an Uber the other day and the Uber driver was definitely a, a gammon, <laughs> as we would say, and, was talking about, this is always a red flag for me, when he says, yeah, it was back in the day when we used to have proper suppers and proper winters. And he was like, people just got on with it. And people just got on with the cold. And I said, yeah, but people didn't live as long. (laughs) (laughs) right and he's like yeah but you know people just sort of they're happy with their lot and I said why would anybody actively choose to suffer I don't understand this is like really dumb I said no thanks I'd rather be comfortable like a little baby and live longer and it's like this idea that like shut the fuck up and, and like and take the pain and I think a lot of the backlash certainly in this country about Harry is that like when he talks about his own trauma because he's done therapy it somehow holds a mirror up to the deficiencies in others who have not been able to do that work whether because they haven't had been in a position of financial privilege or there's like you know class barrier, whatever else it might be and, and sometimes people just simply want to sit and be miserable and suffer and they don't like the idea that like he isn't shutting the fuck up and i think that's where a lot of the dislike of Megan comes from is the fact that she won't shut the fuck up and people love Kate because she actively does shut the fuck up. Like she is essentially a mute. All of the edits I see of her on TikTok are like see how she like lets her husband lead. And all the rest is fucking garbage that's just like absolute nonsense. So I think like there is a we we loathe seeing somebody (laughs) like healthy, happy and doing well because we don't want that.
2: (laughs) I mean, listen, I will say, you know, that quality, I remember especially when it was Diana's funeral or whatever and the boys had to walk behind her and basically do this really horrific public march at such a young age. I remember that quality in the culture almost being praised by some of the older people I know. And we do have a version of that in America of like, Life's hell, kid. Get used to it. You know, Mm -hmm. I I had to do stuff like that. You know, we have like we do have a little bit of of that where it's like, except words like woke and snowflake and like Mm -hmm. weak get thrown out quite a quite a bit. And it's like that mindset amongst a certain set of people that, you know, life is bad and it's going to be bad. And if you can't grow up and deal with it, then. That's your fucking, you know, that's a, that's a flaw on your part. And yeah, I just, yeah, I I mean, I, I feel for the guy and it's very obvious that in many ways, and I have to say, this is just one of my takeaways from the Colbert interview is that he does have a very sheltered nature to him still yes. where it does feel like, and it is true that when things happen to him, it's very public and it's really bad for him and no one's bad experiences other people having worse experience doesn't invalidate that it's like something bad for you is like the worst thing that happened to you and everyone's allowed to have that Mm -hmm. it just also feels like there's this like and part i part of me because i want to be very careful in this and i also want to separate this from megan it feels a little bit like he just found out his life has been unfair and Mm. Which is a, a shocking revelation to me that he just found that out, mm-hmm. it seems. But also, like, at a certain point, how much are we to sympathize
3: with a prince? Yeah. Though I think, like, I I think that the whole royal family are entirely fucked up, and I think it's a miserable existence, really, truly. Like, yes, there's, like, enormous wealth, but I do think that, like, it is, it is a gilded cage. The things, like that I found when I've been listening to to the book and I have to listen to it in like fairly small chunks cause it starts to grate after a little while cause there was a little poor little rich boy me about it. But the bits that I really engage with him on are especially the stuff around him being very, very young and like being very, very angry and being used as a pawn and like essentially not being seen as a complete person. And I don't think that's exclusive to Harry. I think that like, Anyone, uh, one of the seat, any member of the royal family that's in the senior royal circle is dealing with that on some level, but probably it's sort of par for the course. But the stuff around, you know, his mum and the thing that actually kind of broke my heart is is the telling of like when he finds out that his mum's dead and that he says that he basically to deal with it he just kind of spins a story about her not being dead; she's just kind of in hiding. I yeah, I heard that and I
2: found that to be very real very very touching you know especially because he was so young and like magical thinking is a little bit of like one of the only things you have when you're that age and yeah you know i mean he knows so much more about this world in some ways than we do and so maybe there are people that like fall off the grid or whatever his mom was being harassed for years by the paparazzi which is uh, you know unfortunately what how what led to her demise and like i could see just like like the way Lindsay lohan like moved to dubai like i could see her like fucking piecing out you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i could see her and I, I i don't think it's that crazy of a of a total theory not in like a you know elvis is is uh still alive thing elvis isn't dead thing by the way shout out lisa marie
3: mm-hmm
2: rest in peace darling
3: yeah i i could see i could see that but yeah the kid, kid logic the kid logic of it it kills me and the other thing that i i mean he doesn't expressly say but i definitely like reading between the lines felt a little bit is when he talks about kind of having to do the public walks after his mother had died where they would go out and they sort of shake hands and meet people and he does talk about that sort of them and us thing quite well. And in, he doesn't position himself. I felt I get the impression that there are times in the book where he's obviously being positioned to be almost canonized in some way that he's like not at fault and it doesn't really feel like a warts and all telling. It's obviously like we are we're reading it or listening to it. And the impression that we're supposed to have is like poor Harry the whole time. And sometimes I think like sometimes I think that's really accurate. Like the idea of going and meeting people and shaking hands and like everybody collectively grieving and being so vocal about their grief to this young boy who's lost his mother, which doesn't because the outpouring was so loud, there was not really any space for him to have any grief. And I think that's pretty fucked up that he had to essentially not grieve for his mother because the so-called nation was grieving, which is a little bad shit.
2: Absolutely. It's I'm going to say it it reminds me of like the most twisted and fucked up version of like being a kid influencer or something like i think mm-hmm. that's putting them out there like that is some of a lot of things we talk about with like like you know famous kids it's like exploitation you yeah. know he definitely can't consent to that but then you know you and i were talking before we started recording about how sometimes just it's draining And people probably have a very unhealthy relationship with the princes. I think that people probably we see people sit at home and wring their hands all the time about stuff that's sort of like, honey, like, you don't need to worry about. I don't know. Like, what's an example? I don't know. I probably don't need to worry about Major Biden the way that I do. Mm -hmm. The dog that keeps biting people. (laughs) but i do and i feel like i want to i want to be friends with major biden i want to help him recover i could never do that i can never fix a german ship are you fucking kidding me (laughs) but you know like it's just it's these people are feeling their own grief and like you're walking around and it just feels like it would be so much energy being pushed at you Mm. and this is like one of those rare exceptions where in an effort to not make it about themselves, people make it so deeply about themselves.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was, they. I think they showed some clips of it in the Harry and Meghan documentary, or maybe I'm just like misremembering, but I'm sure I've seen news clips, especially shortly after Diana's death, where there was a kind of informal agreement between the press and the palace, which was to lay off the boys a little bit. And you know there is like fudge of people talking about them as if they're they are their children, and saying like you know, well, I think they you know they just need a little bit of time, and you know they're they are they're the nation's sons, really, like this idea, and I also think that's part and parcel of it. I think people seeing Harry turn his back on his family feels like a betrayal if you're in that sort of parasocial relationship that that he would dare kind of say anything bad about that family is like, it feels like a slight on you in some weird way.
2: You know what's, this is not analogous exactly in in any way, but if for people who are also like looking for a different reference but it's like to remember when Gabby Petito died and people were calling her America's daughter. And oh like, my God. Yeah. To the family and like basically like they had convinced themselves that they have a relationship. Yes, they were all getting situation. the tattoo, weren't they? They were, people were getting tattoos. People were, I mean, I felt like, you know, it's that thing where on the Moscow subreddit, oh my God, Tiffany, this is my, it's the most batshit behavior. I don't know if I mentioned this last night, but so many people are logging on, one, to like yell at everyone, just be like, you should be ashamed of yourself. But that for like speculating, you know, beforehand, but also, People saying like you need to write them an apology. Oh my god! And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that if like my sister had died or something, or like a close classmate of mine had died, I don't. And people on the internet were talking about it. I don't think that I would want a letter from them saying Mm. they're sorry. That's like, that's like, it's just. It's one of those things that I don't think you could really apologize for. Like, sorry, I spread rumors that you killed someone. Mm. But then, yeah, it's just people are so odd. You know what I mean? And uh, I think you I think you forget that if you don't. Yeah, <laughs> I think you forget that sometimes. People are really odd. I will say, Tiff, we gotta, I, I, I feel like we have to address his todger again or people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> so what do you, what's up with this Elizabeth Arden cream? Should I get some?
3: Uh, do you know what? I would be not surprised to find out that Elizabeth Arden eight hour cream sales would have spiked after this. I absolutely was thinking the same thing.
2: I was like, <laughs> this is going to be a gag gift. This is going to be people being like, oh, there's a cream that like fixes your lips and you can put it on your frozen penis. Like, I, <laughs> you know, this must be like a cure all. Mm. But the mom, the
3: mom thing. I, the idea of your, the ghost of your dead mother kind of looking over your shoulder while you apply a face cream that smells like her to your penis is like, I don't even know where to go with that, honestly.
2: I think Diana would be disgusted.
3: (laughs) You know, there's another bit in the book where um, Charles and Camilla are sort of planning the wedding and it's all going catastrophically wrong. And Harry sort of wonders if it's like the, if like the ghost of his dead mother, like I don't know if he says it explicitly, but it is implied that like Diana's doing it as some sort of karmic reckoning.
2: <laughs> which is so weird. That I wouldn't be surprised. That Since I would actually fish to fry. That I actually no, I I think that that's the exact first fish she would fry. <laughs> I think that's one of the many fish she would fry. So I actually don't think I thought that one was reasonable. I do think my mom's ghost is here to, you know, she tuned in to watch my watch me uh, stroke my adult penis with face cream that smells like her that's um absolutely (laughs) not
3: does anybody know what jungkook thinks of this uh, of the book (laughs) jungkook from bts uh, the reincarnation of princess diana obviously
2: oh that's right i forgot that jungkook is princess diana you're right (laughs) i forgot that i believe i posted that to the ig way back yeah because Tiffany found a great video that where someone's trying to offer some real proof.
3: It's very, I'd say, very damning. Side by sides, mm-hmm. you know. Jungkook was born the day after Diana died.
2: I don't know. I don't think people understand reincarnation.
3: <laughs> but Trisha Paytas' baby is Queen Elizabeth. What are you talking about? That was
2: another perfect example of people not understanding reincarnation. <laughs> like, I think it's more likely that that prince uh queen elizabeth was able to was able to like enter into malibu barbie's body her soul was able to do that when malibu barbie was born a couple weeks later i think you get Mm. to chill a little bit after you die before they reincarnate you yeah okay
3: that makes sense also you're supposed to in reincarnation aren't you supposed to like like every every evolu- every kind of new life is an evolution of the previous, and so like there are some that believe that your like human state is essentially your last state, mm. like this idea that like I've been here before, like people were saying like oh I'm so t- like I'm so tired I'm so glad this is my last life, because now I'm like a human I've like reached full enlightenment and now I can just go on and like disappear into the ether, but then I was thinking. If every time you're being reincarnated, you're upping the status, there isn't really anywhere to go from the longest reigning queen of England.
2: I disagree. <laughs> maybe she needs a maybe she needs a fun one. Yeah, maybe. After all that, you know, maybe she needs like a little, just like a treat. You know what I mean? But it's not like she was like so great in her life either. She did mm. like corgis, mm-hmm. but. Do we have any more thoughts on this? Should we move on to the next?
3: Yeah, I'm going to listen to it so that you don't have to. And then I'll I'll tell you if anything good happens.
2: Yeah, maybe we can do a book report
3: on Patreon. Do you know what? Everybody's doing the reading of that passage as an audiobook. Maybe we should release me doing it in my nice voice and make it a bit more palatable.
2: I agree. That's a full-time job for you. I can't imagine how long it took him to do this audiobook
3: oh my god it's really long actually how long is it let me check i think it's like 14 hours or something
2: that's yeah no that no i could be i could be so far in mexico by the time like that book ends i could be like i could be i could probably drive to montreal in 15 hours
3: oh actually i've i've got 13 13 and a half hours left so yeah it must be i must be. It must be fifteen. Yeah, you're right. You could go to Montreal. Sure.
2: I love that you've made it thirty minutes in. I was like, <laughs> what, forty five minutes? I'm bad at math. Anyway, but that's uh, you're right. You have been taking it slow, and that's actually <laughs> hearing that that's that's only as far as you've got. In which I'm not I'm not criticizing like you not getting far in it. I'm just saying, guys, this sounds laborious. Oh
3: my god, it's so long. But the chapters are really short. I'm on chapter twenty seven, and some of the chapters. One of them is one minute long. It's in mm. three parts. No, it's in more. Oh, God. Captain of my soul, three parts. Part three is 87 chapters long. And that's only part three. Fucking it. Part three is 87
2: chapters? Yeah. All right. I mean, if they're not two pagers, like uh, Jenna McCurdy's book was sort of like that, where it just had an absurd number of chapters but actually they were just like sort of like two page three page stories
3: mm-hmm. my god yeah it's a it's a job i have to go to is listening to this audiobook
2: well i'll listen someday <laughs> i really will i'll do it i have an audible credit you know what but i'm not i have um i want to read a book instead about this lady who was accused of like being a pedophile or something. And then she, but she, then she wasn't, she was exonerated, so.
3: That sounds good. Uh, All right, so
2: are you, where are you at with the Hilaria situation? Are you, (laughs) like, do you, or Hillary from Boston, Uh where are you with, with this as, did you love this? Did you think this was,
3: what'd you think? I want to know why she has so many kids. That's what I think about Hilaria, Hillary. And I feel incredibly bad that her children, I mean, actually, now I'm thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense. So Ilaria is uh, is having her family beg for Instagram followers on her behalf. In a way, having seven children is like creating your own bot farm. It is a
2: little bit, yes, it is a little bit like that. It's a little Elon. The thing that blew me away was when they had two babies via surrogate at the same time, they are dueling surrogates. Wild. Like, Alec Baldwin is, I think, sensationally rich. Like, he... Just the residuals from something like 30 Rock alone are probably crazy. And mm-hmm. I bet he even has points on the show. Like, so when it's sold into syndication, like, he made a shit ton of money. But, yeah, and he's just, you know, he's been around for a long time. But, um... I kind of laughed when people were saying he was gonna go broke after the Rust situation. <laughs> because I was like, what are you stupid? But like now I'm wondering,
3: dude, is he gonna go broke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I mean, he's the richest Baldwin, obviously. Like yeah. Our, yeah. There are broker Baldwins. There are, you know, significantly broker Baldwins. It can't be good economically to have that many children. And also, he must be incredibly tired. And as we know, he is prone to making some pretty deadly mistakes.
2: Oh, t- Tiffany, come on. No, I'm. <laughs> uh, by the way, that's no disrespect to. Um, no, no,
3: it isn't. No, it isn't. Helena
2: Hutchins no. is her name.
3: But when
2: we joke, we joke. And that's just, and that's just jokes. So he, Alec Baldwin, made a public plea. Begging his fans like it literally was a little like I come to you today. I just found out my friend's kid has cancer. Normally, I wouldn't ask this of my followers, but you know, this is about saving a life like it it had that vibe to it, Mm -hmm, like if mm -hmm. someone was doing that. And yeah, he wants to get her 1 million followers for her 39th birthday. I wonder if we share a fucking birthday, dog. Wait a minute. Oh, let's look it up. Oh, no, no. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying oh, oh no cuz like I, I don't know cuz like I mean, god, we almost went to high school together. Mm. Oh, 6th. I mean, 6th
3: can- of Jan. Okay. Okay, that's yeah. not my problem. Wow, she's 39. She's my age. Yeah. You know what? She does lo- she look she looks great, but yeah. I always thought her energy like skewed a little older. Like she had the the energy of a woman perhaps aged 44. I mean, she doesn't oh, no. look incredibly young, but you know what I mean. Like, she has so many children. Oh no, honey! Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What?
2: There's like there. First of all, why would Alec Baldwin marry a woman in her 40s? No,
3: you're right. Or yeah. like, or
2: like her. You know, like, like 10 years ago. Like, I'm sure 10 years ago, you probably thought she was in her 40s or whatever. But no, of course, she's like, you know, compared to him, 12.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I would feel that alec baldwin was um trying to diddle me at the playground
3: if uh Mm.
2: i was married to him you know what i mean i'd be like i'm too young for i'm too young for you but i think like do you think that it's so that she can sell she reaches a new level of ad
3: revenue oh yeah probably because she has a podcast right
2: oh she has a whole thing i mean i think that that's why she keeps having babies truthfully is because like babies are the most monetizable era of children yeah. honestly yeah they really are like and it's kind of, you see that a lot with like the vlogging families and stuff which she kind of it she kind of is like a mommy blogger a little bit yeah and then people love a fresh baby they do <laughs> they do and yeah i wonder if that's it i just i'm so Like, I don't understand. I mean, I honestly, I just, well, I guess I'm a little embarrassed for him. Mm -hmm. But I also am like, this is so clearly a life you have chosen. And maybe he doesn't see why it's pathetic because he's just, he's with, he's, this is his relationship. Mm -hmm. And so he probably just is like, but this is like kind of like
3: pathetic. It's and you know what kills me the most <laughs> is that it's on his main feed. It's not even in like a story or something. It's like he looks like a man who hasn't really slept for a while. like he looks truthfully a little browbeaten, like just kind of doing his like hostage negotiation video to camera like on on the main feed,
2: yeah, it's I, I mean, I guess in a way, if you wanted to get the most play. He would do that and then also share it to his stories. But I just, yeah, I think he really aggressively wanted to get that message out there. And then for fuck's sake, he goes ahead and posts like a little note card or something. (sighs) Yeah. That just says, like, thanks for getting my wife to 1 million followers. And it's like written in a Sharpie. And like, he has like good demented guy handwriting, I'd say. Like, you know, kind of like his
3: handwriting. Yeah.
2: I do too. It's not. It's not. It's. It's pretty in an old man way, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: but also like disorganized old man. You know what I mean? I. I liked it. I don't know. But yeah, I put in a video in the show notes for you guys if you want to check it out from Molly McPherson, who is a crisis PR person. Uh, I don't know what the last word consultant. I don't know. She also teaches at BU, I believe. But she did a video about this, and yeah, so. Go check that out in the show notes if you want to peep it. And Molly's
3: just a great follow. So, yeah. How many kids do you think they're going to have? Ten? Do you think they'll stop at ten? Where are they at? Seven. I'm going to float out this
2: really quick before I answer that. Because I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't begin to predict. And, like, these poor kids are going to grow up without, like, a lot of their father in their life. Yeah. Which is very sad. Because, like you know, all respect to Alec Baldwin, I would be shocked if he was a perfect picture of health. And,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he definitely, like, has his resources and probably in pretty good health, but, like, I just, I don't, I doubt he's in excellent health. And I, I'm wondering if, why are we blaming Nick, why are we more mad at Nick Cannon
3: as a I society? Know.
2: Is it racism? Mm.
3: I, but him, I feel it's a bit of a fetishy thing, though.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I accused him of like basically creating a small organ farm a couple of weeks (laughs) ago (laughs) for his lupus, inevitable lupus surgery, like his kidney removal. But yeah, I just I I don't know. It just like hit me when I was really thinking about the sheer number of kids that is and was like, we've talked about something like this recently. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know. They could be done. I have no idea. Seven
3: kids is a lot. Like where? Like who are you? Alec Baldwin is sixty-five years of age, and like by that point, I mean not that he really pays much attention to his adult, grown-up <laughs> children <laughs> very much, but by that point, really, for the majority of people, the kids tend to be, you know, most mostly looking after themselves. They tend to be out the house, and then you can like really truly enjoy your you know your wonder years your twilight years which is when like yeah the kids are self-sufficient you're going on nice little holidays and cruises and you're just like enjoying the, your final years it feels a little miserable to like be just pumping out fresh babies left and right like as an existence like maybe it's very fulfilling like well that's why I think and that i hope, hope it is surrogates yeah is like but then, then you've got to raise them
2: you sure do and I'm sure they have nannies, but, like, even then, like, you know, just with, like, the Kardashian kids, like, each one of those kids has, like, three nannies. Mm. Like, there's, like, a constant rotation of, like, within that just family alone, there's a constant rotation of nannies. These kids are in, in their care a lot, I believe. So, yeah, I think people would be surprised to, like, find out. Yeah, so I don't know, but... Yeah, I hope he makes it to 80 at least. It'd be nice for most of his kids to have, like, a proper memory of him.
3: Yes, yeah, I think
2: so. So, this is where we're going to, to, this clip is not going to be in the show, but now we're going to discuss Andrew Callahan, if you want to check this out. As I mentioned, it's going to be on the Patreon on Tuesday, the day that this episode is alive to the public. All right, guys, so, after the Callahan thing, we have to talk about, honey, this is... This blew my... I have such a hot fucking take on this. (laughs) So a TikTok from a therapist has gone viral. Just to paint the picture before we start, she is playing both sides of the dialogue. So it's her and then it's her. Slightly different lighting. One is like a bun and glasses. The other one is just her. And she is in double denim. She has beautiful hair. She is obviously, you know, sitting up perfectly straight, you know, like she has like, I don't know. She's just, she has model-esque posture. She sits there and sort of a graceful vibe, but also very uncomfortable. You know, I'm just going to play the clip for you. That's been going around everywhere. This, start, this blew up on Twitter. And then like the other night, it was just, there was a million stitches. Hold on.
0: I've noticed you've been withdrawn and haven't wanted to hang out recently. What's going on? I've treasured our season of friendship, but we're moving in different directions in life. I don't have the capacity to invest in our friendship any longer. Is it something I did? This feels really sudden. I get that it might be hard to understand, but I've been reevaluating many areas of my life recently, including my ability to be a good friend to you. I just wanna be honest and upfront so I don't disappoint your expectations. I'm sorry if this feels painful and confusing. I wish you all love and success.
2: Huh. So this has been, I think the I think the most popular reaction to this is like, I would rather you drag me through <laughs> like a million piles of like glass and nails before <laughs> ever saying something like this to me. Uh-huh. And I look, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I feel two ways about this. Okay. One, on one hand, I understand why this isn't for everyone. On the other hand, this is what I'm gonna say. Oh, I, I think that mostly people are criticizing the script that she's doing and like the way that she is sitting, I think is very off-putting to people because again, she's just like when she's playing the friend who's doing the breakup, she's you know, she just looks she looks very rigid. Obviously, this sounds very forced. This is very technical language Mm -hmm. and i think that that is what people are reacting to and i don't want to like i don't want to like put any of y'all down but i have to say babe do you go to therapy because this is actually exactly what therapists help people do they Mm -hmm. give you like the most like, sort of rigid, like, cl- because it's clear is what it is, is what you're saying. You're saying it in a nice way, but you're essentially saying it as an, in nice of a way as possible that you respect this person, but it's time to move on. Like, because, like, not everything, there's, like, you know, various types of ways you can dump people as friends. You can ghost them. You can confront them, which can sometimes lead to a, lead to a combative experience, which mm-hmm. is not... The, and, like, not the note that you wanted to end things on. And so, like, that's another way to do it. And I, I, I think the other thing is to, like, like, go scorch earth, sort of. And I really, I just think, like, I actually, like, so in therapy, when you ask a therapist how to how to move on from someone, because, first of all, if you could be ghosted, you would be ghosted. And that's the thing. Like, so this Mm -hmm. doesn't apply to most of the people who are like, please just ghost me. Please just Mm -hmm. ghost me. But I don't know if you're like on. Well, I don't know if you're on the side of TikTok, but there's a lot of people who are very affected by friendship breakups. And that's like kind of a big thing that we see on there. People being like my best friend of like, you know, 12 years, just stopped talking to me or whatever. And I, I think that like, there's, there's people that you need to use a template like this so when you go to your therapist and you say hey like i feel really bad this person has not gotten the hint that i'm i'm kind of like you know i love them i just am not into this vibe anymore or their friendship anymore like it's there's so many reasons why you sometimes need to like end a relationship and Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't need to be too bad so the therapist will give you kind of a clinical script similar to this but say put it in your own words Mm -hmm. so this is not meant to be taken as a uh, let's do weird dialogue in double denim with perfect hair (laughs) in this condescending way i'm seeing a lot of people take this as like you're no longer useful to me so i'm moving on which i feel like is a severe a severe projection about the other person's like Judgment of like value in other humans, mm-hmm. but I like I actually think this is fine. Like if you use it in the way that you would with anything else, your therapist walks you through. Like it's not it's not that crazy of a scenario that over time you outgrow someone and you just want to put a like little close on the friendship.
3: Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I have a couple of thoughts. My first one is we need to spin off a podcast about therapy called "Let's Do Dialogue in, du- in Double Denim with Perfect Hair."
2: Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> and we—that's can- the one we film. <laughs> yeah.
3: The other thing is, yeah, I agree. Like when if you have a if you have a good therapist and they're teaching you how to mm, have difficult conversations, which is like. <laughs> A lot of what therapy is is like realizing that you might need to have some difficult conversations, <laughs> or deciding if you're happy to not have those conversations, even though that you know that basically you have to do the work on the other side. For example, if you have a you know a an a, an emotionally abusive parent who's narcissistic, then you may never be able to have a truly like honest difficult conversation with them because it they may not receive it. But generally yes, they give you a template and a blueprint to be able to do these things. I don't think that they're <laughs> that they're suggesting that you like print it out verbatim or like ask chat GPT to write you a friendship breakup script and then deliver it to them because it's kind of gut-wrenching. But I, I have to say, I have this like bubbling and I don't know what, I, how I can even articulate it. And I don't know what I can even put a, put the label to it, but it's the idea of like, toxic mm, toxic self-reflection, I guess. I don't know if that's a genre, that's but a like. That's a
2: big, yeah, that's a big critique of it.
3: Yeah, but I think like it's not like wholly this video, but like something that I see played out quite a lot because TikTok is, uh, certainly the side of TikTok that I'm on, which is for mentally ill gay people, which is how I like it, is a lot of sort of like the self-help of it all. and there tends to be this, like, often sometimes quite, like, I think toxic way of, like, drawing boundaries or, like, the advice that's given, I feel, is actually quite toxic behavior, dressed up as, like, as dressed up as this kind of, like, radical, like, self-care and self-awareness.
2: Honey, is it the, this is the one, because this was the one that, like, broke my brain and this is the one I actually do think is, like, kind of wild and inappropriate? Which is, like, I don't have space for for this right now. If your friends, like I need to vent and you Mm -hmm. are like, I actually don't hold, I'm not holding emotional space for this right now. Like I'm, is there someone else that you could speak to about this? Like it basically like just teaching people. It is a way to assert a boundary, but like, I think some people take these scripts really, again, really literally. And another critique I keep saying is that like, this is like the HRification of Mm -hmm. friendship. And like, I agree. It's a, like, a commentary on capitalism but here's my thing you're not
3: supposed to say it this way no no
2: like and so like the i understand why the video if you assume that like the way therapy works is that you go out and repeat the literal talking points or perform a literal performance of of what your therapist said like i, I just this is this is not supposed this is where you put your spin on it You're like, Mm -hmm. creep, but like, basically this is a way to calmly defuse the situation. What I also am noticing is that no one's putting any onus on the friend who is like, "Whoa, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, well, like what this, what this means to me is that the person who is doing the friendship breakup in this particular scenario. And I don't think that like, I don't think that like, This would apply to every scenario. I think the prompt question was almost the problem, but it's interesting because either the prompt itself, like the, like the, what's going on? Like, is something wrong? Like, that person, like, they, they likely don't know what the fuck. Like, this person, it seems like almost the person doing the dumping here has never voiced a fucking problem in their life. Mm-hmm. And like you do, one thing that's true is you do have to speak up for yourself when you have a mm-hmm. problem with someone. Like, don't be, don't be spineless at your own expense and then hold it against someone. Like, mm-hmm. that's a very that's a very poor way of interacting. Like, and so that's that's I think actually what this therapist kind of did wrong here is that she's presenting a scenario where the other person is completely in the dark and oblivious. And then they're like, you know, they've like matured so much that they have to do this. Like, that's a problem. Don't use this. Don't you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. there's ways to like, you know, I mean, like, listen, there are there's some there's some people that I've known. I mean, I've had people in my life where when I see them, I literally don't talk
3: and Mm -hmm. I wait
2: to see how long it takes them to ask me a question about myself.
3: Oh, my God. I have. I have the very same <laughs> I have the very same
2: <laughs> and I'm just like I hope it's not me
3: <laughs> I no. asked you about yourself right no, you okay do, good you do you do
2: no but it's like you know it's people that I can only really hang out with like three four times a year because like they are not good friends back to me right and so I and I and I love them but like I, like, you know, because like at certain times, like things the times were better, like, you know, whatever. But there are certain people that literally like don't even realize that they don't give a shit mm-hmm. what your life is about. They don't give mm-hmm. a shit what your life is about. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to know, you know, like maybe they they, you know, heard you weren't feeling well or maybe they heard that like a close family member was very sick. Like the most they'll say is like, oh, sorry about that, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like they don't they don't do a like, how how has that been for you? How are you feeling? They're like, oh, by the way, you know, it's like when you're leaving, by the way, I saw your mom uh, has breast cancer and I just wanted to say uh, good luck with that. And it's not (laughs) usually not even that sincere. It's like, (laughs) hey, hope hope everything's going well with the whole breast cancer thing. Maybe I'll text you when you're both home. You know, like, but like, it's, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things where it's like, I can't, with, with friends like that, it's like, I wouldn't hang around you if I didn't love you. But I also definitely, I don't, I don't want to be overexposed to you. And that's exactly the kind of person that I would say, like, maybe continuing on this friendship path isn't the best thing for both of us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes it's like, you would see this probably come up a lot with like weddings where people assume they're gonna be a bridesmaid or something, mm-hmm. and then they find out later like actually like you know, like you know we've i think that we've like drifted apart as friends a lot, and so I know that while we always talked about that in college, like that's not something that I wanna do, you know like these are boundaries that you need to i don't I don't think this is a bad template. I think people are v- being very like.
3: Overly personal and odd about this thing, but I I noticed that. Remember, you did a TikTok a little while back, and it's like you smoking a cig outside, like catching up with that one friend who like whatever. And all of the comments, like very clearly, like personalized that TikTok because it, they were like, they were oh, like, I "This is like...
2: why I don't have friends." Yes, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And it's like it's not a, it's oh, geez, okay, it's not about you, but there's this like weaponizing of therapy that I I find hella toxic there's some like sometimes I feel like people will have therapy so that they can learn how to be better manipulators <laughs> that's my theory and they not and, and I'm like you are in desperate need to actually do the therapy my friend I because, think yeah um... I think that that's
2: okay I think that's maybe not was their intention going in but for certain people who like maybe cope by like who maybe cope best by like falling back into their old tricks like that's what they start to take from it yeah and like yeah. a narcissist in therapy who's not getting checked by their therapist is like you know throwing money into the sky yes just, i guess falling in exchange for maybe some fuel but yeah i i the other thing i just want to say about this is that sometimes you have to get someone out of your life like and this is a really good way to express this com- like this to have this confrontation with even the most unreasonable person. Like to just to like there needs to be like if some guy will not leave you alone, you need to be like maybe not our season of friendship is over. Just like <laughs> n- you know, maybe not those words, but like uh, like yeah, I mean I do think like, you know, people in your life or for a reason a season or a lifetime Mm -hmm. i do believe that so and i think that like you know sometimes like you grow a lot and like i mean i think that some some people like from like college for example i would say like we're not we're we're not we you know we've never fought don't have anything but love for the person but like they've clearly like grown to a certain point, especially this is also a version of it when people have kids, you know, and they're just their life changes and their priority change priorities change and yeah, but no, this is like also this this kind of not this language, but this kind of like template for moving on from someone I think is also not for people that are like your really close best friends. This is for no. people that are like, hey, I just like ghosting you didn't work you wouldn't say that but you'd say like you know maybe I just feel it's best to
3: be clear with you Yeah, you know because I do yeah. care about you yeah yeah I, I'm thinking very specifically about a person in my life that I met like late teens like or like at the start of college so yeah I would have been like 18 19 and very sweet so like just like just filled with love you know like a lot of love to the point where it was like smothering and at various times of our life we've drifted in and out of, of each other's lives sometimes being more present and and at the older we have get the older we've got the larger the chasm is between us and they really like they really do suck the life out of me <laughs> Uh, yeah but I I love them so much that like that that I kind of am I'm okay with it as long as I can like create enough of a buffer around me but I feel like like for example if we lived in the same city and Mm. I was more accessible to them then I would need to have a conversation but like at the at the moment you know circumstances have kept us apart and out of each other's immediate peripheral. And it's kind of fine. Like things have just kind of chugged along. It's just sort of, I feel come to a bit of a a nice sort of natural stopping point. And I wish them the very best and I love them to death, but like, uh, but yeah, I feel like if they were, if they were very, very insistent and persistent, this would be a scenario where I would need to have a conversation, which is like, look, I love you to death, but like, I don't know that I can continue doing this in this way like I feel like it's you know it's really taking a lot out of me I feel like you need more from me than I can provide and god bless
2: and another thing worth noting is that this therapist page is literally called anxiety aware so I think that these are templates more for people who like struggle with how to speak up for themselves because they doubt themselves they go into a panic I mean we all know what anxiety is they have anxiety about day-to-day life which i think a lot of us do right so like i don't know but i I, on the other side i want to assure people who are horrified by this that if you have the self-awareness to be horrified by this this probably wouldn't happen to you like (laughs) this is also for people who just don't get the memo yes yeah and yeah i don't know but it just i was a little uh
3: Frustrated, yeah. Some people read social cues very differently, and some people are some people are need a clearer guidance and a and a firmer kind of steer. Some people, but again, are,
2: not that script. It's not that script. Like I wouldn't show up wearing double denim, speaking like a fucking robot. <laughs> I would be myself, probably in my hoodie and jeans, and be like, "Listen, you know." I love you to death. I really do. And I hope that we always, but like, you know, like it be, it be in my voice. You know, I will say though, one thing about friendship breakups and I hope people who are younger, who are, who are listening, remember this, is that like, there may be a friend that you fall out of touch with, maybe even having a falling out with when you're younger that when you're older, you'll meet up again and like high five and like become the friends that you weren't able to be to each other back then. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've found, I've like reignited like a lot of friendships that, not a lot, like I make it seem like I have a fucking trail of bodies behind me. But <laughs> there's a lot of friendships that, you know, like they sort of went by the wayside for one reason or another in my 20s, which is very common with people in their 20s. And in my, you know, late 30s, like we've reconnected and become closer than we ever were. Because the reality is we did like each other's spirits, you know? It just wasn't, for one reason or another, a, like, perfectly functioning relationship or even, like, a decently functioning relationship at a certain point.
3: You know what this is giving? This is giving Jen and Ben. Like, it. we just, we've come full circle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, all right, you
2: guys, I think that's our episode. We have a ton of stories. This was a busy week on the internet in a good way and a bad way. But there's a lot of bonus links. Uh, HRH was on Dr. Phil. You know, uh, Keemstar is woke now. Some Andrew Tate stuff. The nursing students riddle. All sorts of other stuff. So if you guys want to go check those out, those are more stories we would have covered if we had the time. And our Andrew Callahan bonus is up on Patreon. Tiff, love you so much. Proud of you. Love you the most. Love you the most. And don't worry, Tiff. We communicate clearly and frequently. I will. I will never pull that shit with you. I promise. Thank you. I'd just start crying. Love you. I well, (laughs) know I. I would. I mean, actually, I'm going to be honest with you. If someone broke up with me like that as a friend, I'd be relieved. And that (laughs) I know that sounds sick, but clear rejection is like one of my favorite things on the planet because it's just Mm -hmm. like, oh okay, oh I totally get it, and I'm I'm never going to be mad about that. So. Yeah, you guys have a fucking uh rockin' week and be safe, okay?
3: <laughs> Thank you.
2: Cream See your Todger <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I ain't never seen a shawty that look like a double G. Every girl in here, in 10, but it ain't no Tennessee. And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee. Delta G's on the left, Delta G's on the right. And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight. Like we in 2013, shawty do it for the vine. Shawty moving real well, I might have to wind it down. Threw the money to the center, now watch it hit the flow, now it up. Huh, rap, 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 rag it up. Rat, rap, rap, rack it up. King, bag it up. Back, back, back bag it up. King, stack it up. Stack, stack, stack it up. she said, where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas if I drop a pin, best believe that she on the Thought way Thought she was important, but I moved her right about the way I went to G tonight, told her baby I got cheese tonight Get a scholarship, I ain't smoking on no TAC, low tolerance All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow, like they tell her Shout baby. out TurboTax, tax refund, what's another? Like the quarterback at recess, no rush And you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission, no rush This ain't UT, why shirt orange like a pump Mama call me, as me how college is